everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of A Trophy Life, the official podcast of the Naismith Awards here in Atlanta. I'm your host, Bob Rathbun, and coming up this week, my conversation with the head basketball coach of the Texas Longhorns, Chris Beard. Chris and I will chat about his incredible backstory, how he got into coaching, what it was like to work for Bobby Knight. He's got an NCAA tournament team that's coming back into the fold and a brand new facility, practice facility, brand new arena to play in. The Moody Center is open, but will host its first basketball games this November. All of that with Coach Beard in just a moment. We begin with our Jersey Mike's news and notes of the week, and we begin with a salute to our 2002 Jersey Mike's Naismith Women's Collegiate Player of the Year, Sue Bird, whose pro career came to an end this week with her Seattle Storm team losing in the WNBA playoffs. Sue closing out a career as one of the most decorated players of all time, four WNBA titles, five Olympic gold medals, two collegiate titles at UConn, the WNBA's all-time leader in assists and games played, and recognized truly as one of the great players during a golden age of women's basketball here in the United States. So our congratulations go out to one of our former winners, Sue Bird, on her illustrious career. My conversation with Chris Beard when we come back after this from Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's would like to dedicate the next three seconds to our new grilled portobello mushroom and Swiss sub. Trust us, it tastes good too, because fresh ingredients make a sub above. A pleasure to welcome to the podcast this week the head coach of the Texas Longhorns, Chris Beard, who joins us from Austin. Coach, how are you? Doing great. Glad to be on. You know, where our Naismith Awards are based here in Atlanta, you were just telling me that you were born here. A little Marietta in you. Yeah, absolutely. Born in Marietta. Lived there uh, until I was a young kid before the family moved to Texas. But my grandparents stayed in the Atlanta area for many years. So um, Atlanta is a place that's special to me. Well, we, uh, we, we love it here, and I know you love it in Austin. These are some pretty exciting times, Coach. Um, I mean, you've got a new training facility that's just about right there, ready to open for you. Your brand-new arena, Moody Arena, will play to the Longhorns this season. Uh, this is a pretty special time. Yeah, absolutely. I think we all agree that timing um, is everything in life, you know, and Sometimes you're just fortunate to kind of be at the right place at the right time, and that's how we all feel internally here in Austin. Um, you know, first of all, in our city, the city of Austin's just exploding right now with growth. Uh, it's a great place to be. Certainly our university, um, the same thing, just growing in all the right ways. Uh, and certainly with our basketball program, starting year two and being able to play this year in what will be the best facility in, in basketball, the Moody Center, um, you know, an on-campus uh, arena that's student-friendly, uh, combined with a new practice facility. So uh, it's an exciting time in Austin right now, no doubt. Chris, you mentioned it being student-friendly. I read where that is something that is very important to you. How so? Yeah, that's the coolest thing uh, of many things with the Moody Center in mind. And I, I cannot take credit for this idea. It was kind of already in place by the administration here, uh, the Moody family, and certainly two key Longhorns were a part of this, Charles Atal and Matthew McConaughey, but the idea was to give the students the best seats in the house. So in a 360-degree lower bowl, our students get 270 of those 360 degrees. Both baselines and one complete sideline will be the student section. So 
Uh, I think it'll be transcending in a lot of ways. Um, there's not many people that have this set up in college basketball, and we're happy for a lot of reasons. Um, but our students are going to benefit mostly from this, um, and that's, that was our design. Chris, I was interested to learn that the arena, uh, the Moody Center, will not seat, you know, a zillion people. This is going to be a pretty intimate basketball setting, a little over 10,000. Is that right? Yeah, it's an amazing building um, with, with, with the with ability to adapt. It can be up to over 15,000 people uh, for a basketball game or a concert or any venue that um, that's the goal. They can also downsize to around 10,000, which will be a, a more intimate setting, you know, depending on the, the event. And I think, you know, as the world changes, uh, you know, I've actually kind of studied this along the way, but I think people's ability to watch the games on smartphones and how technology has changed. Um, you know, we see it in the NBA. A lot of the things we follow in college basketball, we follow from the NBA the NBA going, you know, party decks, uh, suites and things like this to kind of decrease attendance to give you that home court advantage you're looking for. So we've got the best of both worlds in the Moody. We can adapt as we continue to build the program. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how that goes. But this year I know on opening night, November 7th, first game ever in the Moody, it'll be just over 10,000 capacity. So it's exciting to think about what this crowd will be like. I, I can't help but think of your journey uh, with this – new arena the the uh new practice facility you have seen things change for you personally uh, from where you started and then the great game of basketball taking you to the you know the the bedrock state institution in in your great state of texas uh do you still sometimes chris pinch yourself when you see all this layout in front of you yeah, absolutely. I, I try to practice what we preach. You know, we tell the players every day to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, to try to, try to find great value and run your own race. And um, absolutely, I, I reflect uh, often uh, just to make sure that I'm in the right place presently. So I wouldn't trade my journey in coaching for anyone. Uh, we all have unique journeys. Everybody's journey is a little different. But um, I know my journey, you know, basically coaching at all different levels, and trying to kind of fight my way up, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, I tell the players all the time, you know, basketball will cost you a lot. Um, it's very demanding. You know, our guys don't really get Christmas breaks or spring breaks or in a lot of ways even summer breaks. So it costs a lot. Um, but if you respect the game and, and do it the right way, it'll pay you back, you know, a million fold. I know I'm a great example of that. Basketball has been so great to me and my family. Your background um... – you know, I, I think about NIL and Transfer Portal and all this and the wringing of hands and, you know, oh, my gosh, it's roster management and year-to-year, uh, year, you never know, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, well, if there's a guy who could do this better than anybody, it's Chris Beard. I mean, I think back to those ABA days. I mean, round up a bunch of guys and go play, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you've got that background. Yeah, I think a big key in, in not only coaching, but just being, being being successful in whatever world you're in is the ability to adapt. Um, you know, change is coming. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Um, so I'm one of those guys, as I think about our game, you know, I concentrate and focus more on all that's good about it. You know, I, I think our game's fine. Like I, our game's endured so many things over the years. Um, and, you know, now with some things kind of hitting at the same time, whether it be name and likeness, which I love, I'm a million percent for it. It's awesome seeing our players benefit from all their hard work, whether it's the portal, which everybody has a different opinion on. But, you know, as coaches and players, we're not the ones that make those rules. We just have to learn to win within those rules. So 
Um, but I still think, you know, the NCAA tournament, March Madness, college basketball, when executed correctly, um, is just beautiful and brilliant. It changes lives. It's it's great for everybody. So I'm much more focused on all that's good about college basketball than anything that might be a challenge right now. Every coach has mentors. Uh, you've certainly picked up a lot along the way. But I wanted you to touch base, Chris, if you would, on – on the high school coaches that that meant the most to you to uh, stand out in particular. Do you mind sharing those stories with us? No, I'd be glad to. Very fortunate. Uh, second to only my own father, the two men that were most instrumental in my life, not just basketball, but just me growing up with my two high school coaches. And I was very fortunate, uh, you know, borderline lucky, I guess. I played for Mike Kuhnstadt at Irving High School, who's a Hall of Fame coach. Um, after coaching, built one of the most successful recruiting services, um, you know, helped all sorts of kids in, in this state play basketball and get recruited at different levels. But Coach Kuhnstadt was um, a guy that had studied and learned under John Wooden, and so I was really benefited from playing for him. About halfway through my high school career, I moved uh, to Houston area, and I played for Terry Priest at McCullough High School. Coach Priest, as well, was a state champion, a Hall of Fame coach. After coaching, impacted basketball in the South Houston, kind of Fort Bend area as an athletic director. We lost Coach Priest early um, about a year ago. I miss him every day. But those two men, not just, you know, how to shoot a basketball or how to guard somebody, is much more important than that. Just the mentor they were to me as a young guy. Um, those are two guys I think about constantly. I've been very blessed with the coaches I played for. Now, it took a turn out of the business school to get you coaching. Share that story with us. Um, you know, what – what made you hit the brakes on on the business end of it and get into this crazy game? Yeah, that was a crazy one that um, I didn't really understand what was happening at the time. But now, certainly, looking back, I could see why people thought it was a little crazy. Um, you know, the University of Texas Business School is elite. It's nationally ranked. It always has been. It always will be. It's difficult to get in. I was fortunate enough to get into the business school coming in as a freshman. Um, and I remember sitting in my first, I think it was like macro or microeconomics, one of those. And, I quickly learned, like, man, this is hitting for me. I wish I was watching, uh, you know, the Bulls Pistons right now. So um, <laughs> with the help of many people, including Coach Tom Penders, and Vic Trilly, and Eddie Orr, and Mike Kunstad, I've already mentioned, um, I knew basketball was my calling. So basically transferred out of the business school into the kinesiology school here at Texas to, to align more with what I was trying to get done in life. But the day that I withdrew from the business school, this was pre internet and all this stuff you had to go wait in line so i get there i wait in line for what seemed to be hours i get up there and a nice person was helping me when i basically decided, you know explained that i was trying to leave the business school to go to kinesiology this person kind of looked up at me took the readers off and said you know son look at that line behind you those 65 people are trying to get into this business school are you sure so um but i was sure you know once i make a decision i don't look back um i don't have time for regret life's too short but it obviously worked out for me, and I was able to work with some amazing people in the kinesiology department here at the University of Texas, and uh, with Coach Penders and his staff's help, you know, got my career started. And began as a student manager, is that correct? Yeah, hey, all of the above. I, mean, I, I still kind of look back. I think I had my hands in a lot of stuff. I was really fortunate. Uh, Coach, you know, Penders and Trillian Orr and those guys, they gave me an opportunity long before I deserved it, but um, basically had access to what at the time was one of the best programs in the country, a perennial top 25 team that was in the NCAA tournament and winning championships at the Southwest Conference. But 
um, the ability to be around the program and um, be at practice every day and be in that office and learn the recruiting behind the scenes. I'll always be fortunate and in debt to those guys, you know, giving me a chance. Try to return that favor to this day. Every staff we've already been always been on, including my, I don't know, seven or eight head coaching jobs to this point, we've always taken great value in graduate assistants and student managers and guys that love the game. What was it like to work for Bobby Knight? It was awesome. Uh, you know, that's kind of one of the biggest breaks in my career. It was really about, you know, like getting a Ph.D. in basketball every day. Um, in my opinion, uh, Coach Knight's the greatest that's ever done this, period. Um, there's a lot that have come after him and before him that were special elite. But I think when you look at Coach Knight's success on the court, um, you know, it, to me it speaks for itself. But, um, you know, the one thing that I'll always be focused on as long as I coach will just be, you know, some of the lessons that Coach taught me along the way. And probably at the top of that list is just the idea of being prepared. You know, like Coach would say it all the time, and everybody wants to win. You know, that's Captain Obvious, but only a few want to prepare to win. So, I'd like to think that we make Coach proud, you know, continually with our teams over the years that, um, you know, we might not win every game, but we're going to be prepared, uh, that's for sure. When you say the preparation is the key, what do you, what does that mean? Like, if, if I'm thinking of the fans that are listening to this, Chris, you know, does that preparation, it's not just game-pacific, it has got to be 365 uh, just a complete mindset. Is that the way you approach it? Yeah, I think twofold. One, you know, everybody in the organization needs to star in their role, and everybody needs to be prepared for each day, no matter what that role is. You know, go into each moment prepared to, you know, to, to kill it. And then, uh, obviously, in basketball, when you start thinking about games and practice, well, of course, you need to be prepared. So, um, you know, I try to explain to the players from time to time. We've all, you know, we've all been there academically, where you have that test on Tuesday. And during the weekend, you start getting ready. And on Monday, you have a great day of preparation. Maybe it's a review test or a tutor or something. But you wake up Tuesday morning, and you're not stressed. You're actually kind of excited about it. You're you're looking forward to going in there and competing against this test because you know you're prepared. Same thing kind of with basketball. I mean, you you know, you, you all know when you're prepared to do something and when you're not prepared. I think the thing with Coach Knight, I was fortunate enough to be with him for eight years. You know, there wasn't one day, one moment, one job, one task where he wasn't prepared for the mission at hand. So. Um, you know, the idea of being prepared is really important in our program. We'll let you go, uh, but first I have to ask you about your ball club. You know, what has got you excited about the 22-23 Longhorns? Yeah, a lot of internal optimism uh, leading into this season, which will be our second back on the 40 acres. Um, I think we have great balance between experienced players, um, some guys returning, five guys that played in the NCAA tournament for us last year, and and won a game in the tournament and competed in the best league in college basketball last year, the Big 12. So those five guys give us the experience that I think you need to be relative. And then we have really good recruiting, you know, starting with a high school class where there's some guys that will impact immediately. I think one day you'll look back and say, man, that 22 class is really what got Texas started. Uh, then lastly, in the portal, um, you know, we got the two guys that we identified as the two best players for us uh, with Tyrese and Jabari. So I think the combination between returners, uh, high school freshmen coming in and the portal, you know, gives us the talent and balance that we need to compete. Of course, we've already talked about the new arena and the, um, you know, the buzz around town right now when basketball starts here in a few weeks. You feel like you got a pretty good mix with young people and veterans? Absolutely. And I think that's required. You know, like, uh, I think that's kind of the, the key these days is the balance you can get on your roster. 
there's a relationship between experience and winning, and then nobody would deny there's a relationship between just talent and winning. So, um, you know, we're we're optimistic. It's going to be a, a team where we have to continue to get better throughout the year. Um, we're playing one of, if not the toughest schedule in college basketball this year by design. We get, you know, early shots at top, you know, one, two, three teams in Gonzaga and Creighton and Illinois and Tennessee. So that's all by design. So we like our team. We like our schedule. And, um, you know, we like the new building we're going to be playing in, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. Can't wait to see it, man. What a what a time for Texas basketball. Well, Chris, thank you. I get a full dose of Longhorn basketball every day with the Atlanta Hawks. Our assistant coach, Matt Hill, uh, keeps me up to date with all things Longhorn. So you're covered here back in Marietta and in Atlanta. Just want you to know that. Thank you. Tell Matt we said hello. We sure are proud of him uh, down here. We follow him as well. Okay, Chris, all the best this season. We'll catch up again. That's going to do it for this week. Next week, we are scheduled to have Mick Cronin, the head coach at UCLA, join us. We'll talk about the Bruins and get you set for the new Pac-12 season as well. All coming up here on the podcast. Make sure that you like us and rate, review. Let us hear from you. This is uh, your show, and we would love to hear from you. Getting the word out to college basketball fans everywhere. The new season is about to begin, and we couldn't be more excited. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week. For all of us here at the Naismith Awards, Bob Rathman saying so long.